ever stop to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in the countries of China, Ireland, and the United Kingdom, and in the states of Washington, Kansas, and Nebraska. Welcome and thank you all for your continuing support. Because you keep tuning in and listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network. Thank you for listening and making this show success possible. I love hearing from you, so please keep sending me your questions and comments. In September, I was one of 30 renowned fine artists, shamans, spiritual and creativity thought leaders, writers and musicians who were invited to participate in the Harness Your Creative Power online summit. Although the organizer is now charging people to watch my video, I have arranged to offer it free to you. I have been working in the area of creativity for over 20 years as an author, coach and speaker, helping people discover and express their own creative gifts. This is very important because it's a connection to the spiritual realm and so many people are humiliated and made to believe that they have no creative abilities. This is just not true. I know because I was one of those people and now I'm an artist, poet, and Argentine tango dancer. Even Picasso said, all children are born artists. The problem is to remain an artist as we grow up. In my hour-long interview, I share information that I have gained about the creative process, how people can express their authentic creativity, and how I use creativity in my coaching to help people access information in their unconscious and bring it into their conscious awareness. You can listen by clicking on the link to Harness Your Creative Power Summit or go to my website, paulajoyce.com and click on the link at the bottom of my latest blog, Unleash Your Creative Intelligence. If you have questions or comments, please let me know. Since August 24th, at the end of each show, I've been sharing the name of an archangel and what their main purpose is. I'm choosing an archangel who is connected to the topic of the show. All of the archangels are available to help us grow and learn with more ease. Since we have free will, it's important for us to call upon them and give them permission to help us. When we know their names and functions, we will know who to call upon for specific assistance. If we want to, we can 
even develop a personal relationship with them. They already know us and are helping us, but because we have free will, they are limited as to how much they can help. When we give them permission to assist us, their influence in our lives becomes even stronger. And because we can learn our lessons in positive or negative ways, I always speak out louder in a whisper and say, I give you permission in a positive way only too. And then I finish the sentence by asking for what I want. As Jonathan Goldman pointed out, even whispering the words adds to the power by increasing the vibration. This is a powerful form of prayer that you can use in addition to whoever else you pray to. We can never have too much help from the positive spiritual realm. Learn the name of today's archangel and what he can do for you at the end of this show. And now for your tip for the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. I wrote this book because when you are self-empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul, your intuition, your gut feelings, your guidance. Our limitless higher self is the wiser part of ourselves, the part that knows the truth of who we are. Our logical mind is so loud, however, that it often drowns out the whisper that is trying to guide us on our authentic path. As you learn to listen to the still, small voice within, you will begin to feel at peace because your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. It is through this connection that miracles occur like unexpected healing, healthy relationships, peace, and wealth. This connection gives you an inner foundation of love which eliminates the need for fear. It is through this love that you can heal the planet and yourself and make the shift into the fourth dimension. Our higher self helps us find safety and can even save our own life and others' lives. We must train ourselves to trust our intuition and never go against it. Especially in these troubling times, even a bike path is not safe. We must trust that whisper that tells us not to go there today. I'm not suggesting that you close the blinds and stay home. I'm suggesting that you pay attention when you get a gut feeling that warns you of danger. We are always being guided. Now it's time to start listening to that guidance and don't let your logical mind or the ridicule of others stop you from doing what feels right to you. So please use these tips. My tip for this week is in honor of our topic today. Attract joy. Do this visualization at least three times. See your reflection as if you're looking into a mirror and you're filled with the colors of the rainbow. See yourself completely happy and full of light, love, joy, beauty, peace, and contentment. Seeing yourself this way will help you become it. That's part of my ethical will and forever letter to you. The current times demand that we fill ourselves with all of the joy and positive energies that we can. I used to believe that it was wrong to be happy if someone else was in misery. How could I eat dessert if someone had no food? I've worked hard to change that belief. What I know now is that the best way we can help people in the world is to become as full of love, peace, and joy as we possibly can. Then we spread that light 
light and love everywhere we go. Yes, feel compassion for those directly affected by the brutal deaths in Manhattan and in all of the other violent incidents, but don't dwell on it. Say a prayer for their healing. Check in with loved ones. Do what you can and then find the beauty and joy in your own life. That positive energy will help to heal the world. Love is always stronger than hate and love will win out. We must participate in keeping the high frequency of love emanating brightly. The Baal Shem Tov, founder of the Jewish Hasidic movement in the 1700s said, who lives in joy does the creator's will. I believe this with all my heart. My next workshop is entitled Past Life Regression. Sometimes knowing our past lives can help us discover more about who we are and what is important to us. Past lives are often the source of confusing feelings of deja vu, healthy and unhealthy relationships, special talents, gifts and knowledge, fears and phobias, health problems and personal challenges. We often spend years in therapy or misery blaming our children for our difficulties when it is really something we brought into this life from another lifetime. With my process, you'll discover what you need to know, keep the positive, and let go of what's hurting you. I was trained by Dr. Brian Weiss, and I use a gentle process in which you always feel safe and in control. Whether you just want to learn more about your soul's journey through different lifetimes or want to heal something in your current life, the information you're ready to know will emerge. In this workshop, you'll experience your past lives with my expert guidance, learn new techniques that I have created to help you discover past lives on your own, heal your past, present, and future, connect deeply with your spirit and soul, understand the reasons for your current life circumstances, release the negative influences from your past lives, gain new self-awareness, empowerment, and peace. We will be at the Dallas Meditation Center December 9th. And if you don't live in Dallas, contact me to present this workshop or another one in your area. Like 21 Steps for Healing Your Body, Overcoming Abuse, or Creativity as Self-Expression. If you want more information about past lives, please listen to some of my numerous shows on this topic, like the ones on September 10th or December 10th in 2015. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field like our guest today, Rabbi Ilana 
Zyman, who will tell us about the forever letter, writing what we believe for those we love. Last week's show with Scott Stabile on Big Love was inspirational. Scott's parents were killed when he was 14. He buried those feelings until at age 23, he chose to begin to feel and to heal. Scott told us how he processed his sadness, grief, and anger, thereby opening himself to deep feelings of love. He found his way to forgiveness through compassion and empathy, realizing that something must have been terribly wrong in the killer's life in order for him to be able to take two lives. This choice changed Scott and freed him. He says, I hope my resilience helps others to see that growth and healing are possible regardless of circumstances. There are gifts And even our greatest sorrows, if we're willing to acknowledge them, if we're willing to work at seeing them, every time we choose love over condemnation, we spread love. Every time we find the courage to forgive, we spread love. Life presents us with daily opportunities to share a little or a whole lot of love. I appreciate the love that he spread to my listeners and the world. To hear this show, I encourage you to click on this episode link on this page. For previous shows on love and forgiveness, please listen to our shows earlier this year on April 20th and September 28th. You can hear these shows or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. As one listener said, when she listens to a show more than once, the information sinks in at a deeper level, and she also picks up new ideas that she had previously missed. You have easy access any time of day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or needs. Some people listen when relaxing, sharing time with a loved one, exercising, or in the middle of the night when they need hope and inspiration. Whenever it is, I'm here for you. Now it's time for my silver lining story. We all have places where we're still healing. Often a conversation with our guest will bring up one of those places within me. Last week when I was chatting off air with Scott, I discovered that he lives in Detroit, which is where I grew up. That triggered memories of my family and childhood. The death of his family members reminded me that I'm the only member of my original family who is still alive. My older sister and only sibling died, and her memorial service was just after Thanksgiving six years ago. I was feeling sad for myself that she's no longer here on earth, even though I know she's happy. Somewhere between last week and my preparation for our guest today, the sadness lifted, And I came to peace and acceptance that she's where she wants to be. And it was time for me to let go. I discovered early on in my show that I wasn't in charge of the order in which my guests appeared on the show. I have seen over and over again how the order is arranged by forces much wiser than myself for purposes of my healing and that of my listeners and maybe my guests also. The topics of love, compassion, empathy, and forgiveness, followed by the forever lever with lever forever letter with messages of healing and wisdom were perfectly timed just before Thanksgiving to help me reach deep levels of acceptance and peace. And as Scott said, freedom. 
Our guest today, Alana Zyman, is the first woman rabbi from a family spanning six generations of rabbis. She has three master's degrees and is a chaplain for elders at the Summit at First Hill in Seattle, an adjunct faculty member with Harborview Clinical Pastoral Education Program, and the author of Forever Letter, Writing What We Believe for Those We Love. She travels through, throughout the U.S. and Canada as a scholar and resident speaker and works Workshop facilitator. You're listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the kindness in the world and fill your heart with beauty and joy. With all the violence, hurtful words, anger, and fear that's being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, go to my website, paulajoyce.com, to like us on Facebook, then friend Paula Joyce, and I'll help you be part of the solution. Read about and register for my past life regression workshop or contact me to schedule one in your area. Your question for today is, what wisdom do you want to pass down to your children or loved ones? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Alana Zaman to talk about how the forever letter will help you write what we believe for those we love. what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. 
That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula Joyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach millions of people. If this interests you, if you want to help sponsor the show or become part of the conversation today, please call 888-346-9141 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I value you and what you have to say, so please let me know what's on your mind and heart. And I hope you wrote down what wisdom you want to pass down to your children and loved ones. And I'm so pleased that we're here with Ilana Zayman, who's here to talk with us about the forever letter, writing what we believe for those we love. Welcome to the show, Ilana. Thank you, Paula. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, And I'm grateful to have you on the show. We've had uh, numerous wonderful emails, and it's good to um, have you physically here. So, and, and I know that you're a female rabbi, um, the first in many generations. How um, uh, uh, is that? Are women rabbis common? Was that a difficult choice to make? Did your family support that? <laughs> Um, it, uh, so it, I think I'm the sixth generation, although it could even be more, um, uh, the first woman in the bunch. And it was a bit of a, a bit of a struggle. Um, but, um, as I was recalling just recently, my dad, uh, when the conservative movement began to ordain women, which was, uh, I think in 1983, they came out with, a a letter saying that, and at some point I received a letter from him when I was in college announcing this, um, announcing this, and I was curious as to why, because I hadn't made any comment that I wanted to be a rabbi in any way. And he said, well, it's an historic moment. And I grew up in an Orthodox day school, and I grew up in a very traditional conservative synagogue, which was my father's, and women really did not have a place in terms of doing uh, a lot of ritual things. They could open the ark and close the ark, uh, but they couldn't really, um, you know, quite uh, say all the prayers or lead in prayer. And so this was an evolution for both um, my father and, uh, and me. And trying, you know, entering rabbinical school, when I did, having grown up with all of that, was really interesting because it really... It was a real, it took me a while. It took me several years because, at least in the conservative movement, um, it was not yet quite um, accepted. And so um, in the reform movement, women had been ordained already since around 1974 in America. And uh, this, was, this was a new thing for me. And having grown up with all of this feeling of uh, women shouldn't do uh, it really took me a while to sort of believe that indeed I could do, um, and that that was okay. Uh, it, that's really beautiful that your father was the one who really stimulated that um, path for you and made it okay, really. And I, I'm thinking, in a way, he wrote the forever letter before. 
<laughs> he wrote the letter. <laughs> Um, in some ways, I mean, he wasn't too keen, I don't think, on the idea of women being rabbis. Um, my grandfather certainly wasn't. Um, he was an Orthodox rabbi, and my father was a, you know, traditional conservative rabbi. And I think over time, uh, you know, it's it's been fine. Over time, he's even hired women uh, in he in his synagogue, uh, and now he's retired. But I think that um, it was, uh, you know, without him knowing, it was a kind of like, hmm, here you go. Uh, at the same time, it was, why do you want to do this? You know, you can, you can be active in a synagogue and do other things. Why do you need to be a rabbi? So it was a little bit of both. And for me, the issue became just within myself. Um, you know, having grown up with, it's not okay. How do you, inside you, say, you know, it's okay. I can do this. And it's not about necessarily what other people think or getting approval from others. It's really about that internal sense of believing that your choice of what you're choosing to do is really is really meaningful and okay and right uh, for you. Uh, beautifully said. And, and I also think sometimes as a parent, we do give mixed messages because there's a part of us that um, is maybe unconsciously wanting to create change and create a better world for our children. And even if we're not at the forefront of it, I think we all want the best for our children. I think so, too. I think so, too. And I also think that uh, knowing uh, what he knew, which was that it would be hard for women for the first at least eight to ten years, um, that was also a piece of his thinking. You know, do I want my daughter to have to go through this um, when it might be easier for her to choose a different path? Uh, yes, we, we do like to protect our children. <laughs> so let's segue to the your book, The Forever Letter, and talk to us about what that is exactly and why it's important. So The Forever Letter is, um, it, you know, I, I want to just... Uh, First, I wanted to say there. There, you mentioned when you introduced the the show that there's the ethical will and the forever letter, and I just want to clarify the difference between them. The ethical will was a document that parents, uh, first fathers and then mothers, uh, wrote to children. This was in the medieval times, and it was basically um, stating one's um, you know values and wisdom that one wanted. Uh, your children to carry on throughout the ages. Interestingly enough, uh, in the time in which it was done in the Middle Ages, in the middle, medieval times, uh, this letter was either called an egeret, which means letter, or a tzivah. A tzivah means a commandment. And many of these letters were commanded kind of letters. In other words, you know, here's what I want you to follow. Here's what you should do. Read this letter, you know, once a week or read this letter every year on my death. And, you know, you need to follow this kind of thing, and then you'll be admitted into, you know, God's world or whatever. The, the different takeoffs on that. Some were a little more commanding, some a little less commanding, but the idea was these are things that, that we want you to follow. The term ethical will probably came about in the early 1900s, probably around the 1930s. There was a volume of uh, created called Hebrew Ethical Wills, by a man named Israel Abrahams, and he compiled some of these ancient letters and texts. And he, it is believed, gave them that title. 
And I was going around the country teaching on this topic for years, and I'd meet people in the airport and in train stations, and I'd say, we talk, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I'd say, I'm teaching on ethical love. And they'd say, oh, that's so nice. And I'd say, yes. And they'd say, so, um, I said, do you know what that is? And they're like, yes. Isn't that when you write your, your last will and testament ethically? And I would, I would have to sort of, you know, change, well, not quite. Or people would say, isn't that, that's that living will thing that you write when, you're, uh, when you can't make your medical decisions anymore. And I said, not quite. And so when I spoke about what it was, that it was a letter that we write to our children to share our values and our wisdom, um, people were like, wow, that's cool, but you can't call it an ethical will. Um, so that was one piece of this. The other piece is at the same time, I was inviting kids to participate uh, and to their, write letters to their parents. And I was inviting spouses to write letters to spouses and students to write letters to their teachers, teachers to their students, siblings to one another, friends to one another. And that wasn't what the ethical will was about. The ethical will was really a legacy letter. And so the forever letter, I distinguish, it's not a legacy letter per se. It's all generations can interwrite to all generations. But I did take some inspiration from the ethical will. And that was the sense of sharing wisdom and values. And that was also the sense of urgency. Because um, parents that were writing in that time, sometimes they wrote before their kids, you know, as their kids were born and then added to it over the years this letter. Other times they wrote a letter when they were going to be traveling and they were afraid uh, would they uh, return home safely. And then other times they would write at the end of their life or what they felt would be the end of their life so they could really get all of their um, wisdom on the page. And so that sense of urgency I've translated over into this time for anyone. I mean, as you said it when you introduced the show, right, we've had so much going on. You know, we always do in, in our history, but all in terms of the natural disasters of hurricanes and fires and then with the gun violence in um, Vegas and in New York. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next um, and where we turn when. And so this sense of urgency exists for us today. And you know, even in just our everyday lives, you know, have we said what we want to say to the people we love and care about? Have we told them how we feel about them? Have we told them what we want to tell them about us? And have we shared something about the relationship between us? You know, I, I think of those people in Vegas. I think of those people the other day in New York. And, you know, how, how did everybody leave the house that day? You know, did, did, is there, was there something that someone was carrying, a, a hurt or a forgiveness that needed to, to be addressed? So that's something that the Forever Letter does. It, it, it tries to get us to reflect on, you know, what, what's important uh, in our lives and in the lives of the people we love. And one last piece uh, is this sense of the ethical will was often left to be found after one died. And the forever letter is a letter that uh, we give to the people we love throughout the course of our lives. It doesn't matter. It can ha you can write a forever letter when you or the person you're writing to has reached a milestone, like a birthday or a retirement or uh, getting married or having a child. Or you can write it when um, there's, there's some sort of critical juncture in life, uh, an illness um, or um, a loss of a relationship or uh, firing from a job or something. Or you can write it whenever you want, whenever the spirit sort of moves you. And it's the idea that if we take the time to reflect and really think about, uh, you know, 
we're not focusing on the computer, we're not focusing on a small piece of information, a Twitter or a tweet, but we're really taking time to really reflect. Um, you know, it's a gift that we can really give to one another, better than any probably present that we could do. It's a, to, have that, to have that letter to open when you feel you need to hear the words of the person who has written to you is such a gift. And, it, you know, it might even inspire. Um, when, when it's received, it might inspire the person to, to respond or to somehow um, shift, right, especially in issues of forgiveness, which is what I see a lot in my workshops when I travel around the country. Interesting. So I'm I'm trying to um, understand how you know when something should be a conversation, uh, mm. um, and and when something should be put into the forever letter. Good question. Good thought. Uh, you know, I think there are several things that I write about in the book uh, that one should avoid. Uh, and I think just at least two of those are um, don't rule from the grave is often something that lawyers talk about. And what I talk about is don't rule with a pen. And the idea is you want to be able to, um, everyone has their own life to live. And so to dictate how that should be lived um, uh, in a commanded sort of way might not be heard. Um, or to if there's a something that you're deeply distressed about in terms of how this person is living their life, to condemn it probably won't be heard. It's not that you can't respond to, uh, you can't state hard truths with love. You can state hard truths with love, but what's the tone we use and how do we foster that? And that's something I, I really pay close attention to. Um, I also think that um, <sighs> secrets are a problem. Uh, I can't tell you how many people in different workshops have come up to me to share uh, something that happened to them that they found out about later or that was a secret. Um, uh, in particular, you know, um, I really, uh, I did, my daughter who thinks she is my daughter and that my husband is her father uh, is my daughter, but her, my husband is not her father. And neither of them know that. Um, now, so that's not a, that's only, that's a problem too in terms of health wise, you know, and <laughs> knowing your DNA. Right. But it's also an issue of, you know, what does she do if she were to write that letter to the child and say, you know, your father's not your father? Like, okay, when would she read it? Is the father still living? If the father doesn't know the father's not the real father, what does that do? What does that do also to the relationship that you might have if you have a beautiful relationship? It's like, why did my mother not trust me and not tell me this? Right, so those types of family secrets um, are best not written about in this kind of letter. It's not a letter to create tension. It's a letter to uplift and to, um, to offer gratitude. And the, the, the five pieces that I consider are really, you know, it's, again, wisdom and values and sharing that. And that goes in all directions, up and down, right? Children can give us a lot of wisdom and can point us to pieces in our lives that, that don't quite, um, you know, uh, that don't quite fit right, and they can call our attention to it. So um, wisdom values, love, gratitude, and forgiveness. And that's it really, um, really the idea of this, of this letter, to, to speak in, in, a, in a human way, in an in a emotional way, in a psychologically under, understanding kind of way, 
um, which I think was very different than the ancient uh, tziva'a or commandment. Uh, yes, I, I love the distinction that you've made, um, which I didn't fully understand. And it uh, it is important, I think, to share, but not to um, direct uh, uh, um, and or command um, and and hold something over someone that they're living wrong if they don't do it your way. Exactly, exactly. You know, my first experience with, I'm calling it a forever letter now, but my father at the time called it an ethical will. He was teaching about uh, these ancient letters, uh, and um, he was doing it in a class in the synagogue, and this was when I was about 14, and uh, he had everyone in this class write letters to their children. So, and the letters began, they put together a little booklet, uh, the letters began, dear, or dear children, and ended with love, or love mom, or love dad, or whatever. Uh, so no one knew who anybody was. Uh, and he came home from synagogue one day with this booklet, and he hands it to me, and he said, here, one of these is mine, go guess which one. And my father never did anything like this, and I was always loving to listen to him when he sermonized, and, because it was, it was all about meaning and finding meaning in life. And so I went into the den and I read this booklet. I didn't really read it. I was my goal was which is my father's. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, can I? I'm putting asterisks next to different ones. And finally, I had about four. And I raced back to him. I go, one of these is yours. And he looked through and he goes, it's this one. You're right. You did that quickly. And I just kind of, had I read each one, it would have been clear to me from the first three sentences which one was my father. But I went back to the den and I read it. And um, in its five, six, seven paragraphs, whatever it was, he put forward his values and his love and his beliefs. And he also, in this, was able to um, state some of his own weaknesses. And it was powerful to me because here he was, a congregational rabbi, so beloved. And, you know, the sense was that he could do nothing wrong at least in my teenage mind, you know, everyone was always coming up to me, your father officiated at, at my whatever funeral, he did a beautiful job. Your father gave the most stellar sermon. You know, it was always your father, your father did these amazing things. And I'm like, really? It does, does anyone know that he's human? <laughs> he knew. He knew he was human. And in this letter, he expressed that humanness. And I was, I was blown away. And I was like, wow, this is my dad. And I carry, have carried that booklet with me um, for years. And my father hates the phone. And so when I feel like I want to hear his, his voice and his presence, sometimes I'll just pull that out and, and reread it. And my father's still very much alive, as is my mom. And uh, I talk to them often. Uh, but sometimes, you know, you're in one of those spaces and you're not maybe in the mood to even talk on the phone. You just want to receive um, receive love uh, and, and the voice of the person you care about. And so that's when I pull it out. And I have, by the way, <clears throat> saved many letters over the years. And I have a box, and I go to this box when I feel a little out of sorts or when I want to re- reorient my compass to who am I really in the world. And I'll start reading letters and, uh, you know, thanking me for something or appreciating me or, or telling me sort of something that I have that I'm not aware of in my own sort of emotional being. And um, I find that very healing and comforting. 
Beautiful. And this is a good place for us to um, move to a, a break. But what a beautiful gift your father gave you. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. If you want to get uplifting messages between shows, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. In addition to posting all our shows, I post special uplifting messages to you, and I repost videos that will make you laugh, feel good about all the kindness in the world and fill your heart with beauty and joy. With all the violence, hurtful words, anger, and fear that's being spread, we must find a way to keep ourselves positive. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. The answer to hate is love. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. While listening to the commercials, go to my website, paulajoyce.com, to like us on Facebook, then friend Paula Joyce, and I'll help you be part of the solution. Read about and register for my past life regression workshop or contact me to schedule one in your area. Your question for today is, what wisdom do you want to pass down to your children or loved ones? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Alana Zaman to talk about how the forever letter will help you write what we believe for those we love. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. And I hope you wrote down that you're willing to write a forever letter. And I'm so glad we're here with Ilana Zayman to talk about the forever letter, writing what we believe for those we love. Um, Ilana, this is absolutely fascinating, and I think your father gave you such a beautiful gift that I'm sure opened your relationship wider. You know, I think, you know, the interesting thing about it is I was working with someone uh, and she was writing, she said she wrote letters to her children, and she hadn't heard anything back from them, and she was disappointed because we expect to hear something when we've, you know, done such, you know, spent so much time on this. And uh, at, at one point, in a little later in the conversation, she smiled and she said, ah, I understand. And what she said was, I remember that my father wrote me a letter once, and I read it, and I loved it, and I cherished it, she said, and I don't think I ever thanked him for it. And when she came to that realization, she let go of the fact that, you know, how she hears or doesn't hear from her kids. And so I don't know if I ever at that time, when I was 14, went back to my dad and said, Dad, thank you for this. It meant so much to me. I just cried and cried as I read it and um, and just held on to it. Um, and I don't think he realized or... If he did, he didn't say anything, like what it meant to me. I don't think I actually went to him and said, oh, my God, thank you. Um, now, of course, he knows. <laughs> but, but then I'm not, sure, I'm not sure he knew. So, but it was well, a gift, and it remains a gift. And I don't think it has to happen immediately. Um, You know, as you were talking, I remembered writing my mother um, this very personal letter about our relationship and um, some of the challenges and how I felt and forgiveness and, and so on. And she never responded, but after she died, Mother was didn't keep many things, but she kept that letter. And so I had forgotten I had even read it, but it told me that it mattered to her. And that meant a lot, even if it didn't happen while she was alive. And the other piece of that is, I believe that if our letter is read, and if it's really written with love and with the hope that it will... I mean, forever, the idea is... You want the person to hold on to it forever. And whether or not they do, we have no control over. But that's the spirit in which it is written. And that's very different from the letters of old. And so if, even if a person doesn't respond, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that the words weren't heard. And I believe that when you do that, um, when you connect in that way, it can change the course of the relationship, even if the letter is not specifically talked about. Um, I'll tell you one particular story, which was of uh, uh, a gentleman who was in his 70s at the time of the telling, I believe, and he had received a letter from his father with whom he hadn't been in contact for years. And uh, his father uh, said he was diagnosed with uh, terminal illness and wanted to get together with his son. And his son thought about it for a while and thought, well, better be connected than not connected. And they connected. And... Interestingly enough, the father lived um, another 20 years till he was like 92 or 94. 
And you could say, well, okay, did the father invent something, you know, that enabled him to, you know, just get in touch with his son? Did he make up this disease? But you could also say, wow, there is something about just that piece of forgiveness and connection that maybe helped him the father to heal a little bit. And though the relationship was never great, they were connected as opposed to not being connected. And it seems to me what happens is oftentimes on someone's deathbed or near death, people come out and say, I'm sorry for what I did, I'm sorry for what I did. And there can be grudges and families that go on for years and years and no one even knows anymore why there's that grudge. And to be able to, to deal with it and during the course of life so that a relationship can maybe be healed and can go on happening as opposed to being cut off um, is healing for, for everybody. I just got actually a, I just got a letter in the mail from someone who read the book and she said, you know, I just want to tell you, you, your book motivated me to write a letter to my brother. I don't even know why we haven't been connected for all these years. And um, it helped me, uh, give me the strength to reach out to him. And I was like, wow, that's, that's what I want to be doing. That's what I want to be doing. If, if, you know, 10, 15, 20 people, however many, are able to reach out to people that they have not been connected with, if we're able to do some repairing. Because sometimes you can pick up a letter and read a letter when you can't maybe hear a phone call or won't take a phone call because you're so angry. But if you have time to look at this at your own time, then maybe, maybe, um, you know, a door, it's opening a door. Can the door be opened? And, you know, we have so much in this world that is so yucky and hurtful. If we can connect with the people we care about, I mean, this is a gift. It gives us all greater strength to have people around us who care about us and who love us. Uh, Absolutely. And sometimes when we write, we can say things in a calmer way. We can um, sit on it overnight, look back at it, see what we wrote. Did that say what I really wanted to? Whereas sometimes in a conversation can go in the wrong direction very quickly. Someone's feelings can get hurt and then uh, things are flying in the wrong direction and making things worse when the intention may have been to heal. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, in in the book, when I talk about this, I really, I recommend setting, I, I give some prompts and ideas for beginning to write. Sometimes people have a trouble just starting. Um, but I really uh, recommend doing it over the course of time and letting it sit, um, you know, in a file. And each time an idea comes over the next month or so, putting it in. And then crafting, beginning to craft it at a little bit of a later point. Um, because really, uh, sometimes our tone is not always the best tone, and depending on when we read it. So um, there's, there's, there's techniques to do to get this letter into a, a, a state that, that feels like it will be good for the person who's writing and also uh, that it might be able to really reach the listener. And, and again, and tone I- is key. Tone is key to this process. Absolutely. And I'm thinking it could even uh, move the person who's writing the letter toward more compassion and forgiveness as they really sit with whatever happened and what the relationship is and what got it there and how it could be turned in a positive direction. 
Right. I agree with you. How do you, how do you, um, you come to face yourself in this letter? If you're, if, this is not just an everyday letter. It takes time to write and to think about and to reflect on. It's really a reflective process. And, um, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, when I was, um, uh, I wrote a letter to my son when, uh, when he was about four, six and a half, and I was about 44, and that was already 10 years ago. And uh, as I sat down to write it, I was so struck. I mean, I just wrote his name, Dear Gabriel, and I was like, oh, my God, and I just started crying because I realized, you know, if this is a letter that I really want to say, things that I really want to say, then, you know, I'm imagining that maybe I'm not going to be here forever. And just imagining that was was huge for me. I'm hoping I'm going to be here for many more years for my son. But, you know, who knows? We don't know. So that was one piece. The other piece was, as I was writing, I was realizing, you know, I'm not really the person that I think I am, right? Do I show who I really am? Am I as careful about certain things as, as I want to be? And it really highlighted that who I think I am is not always how I show up in the world. And so how do I then correct those things or really be honest with myself about what is or is not important to me anymore. And that is um, a real learning. So writing these letters is not just for the people we're writing to. It really does shed light on, on who we are, uh, on our own values and wisdom. Uh, what are they? What are they not? And on who Thanks. we can try to be in the world. Thank you so much, Ilana. This was really beautiful and so important. I and I appreciate your sharing so deeply with us. And I encourage you all to visit her at ilanazaman.com and also to purchase her book, which is written like a novel. It's really so interesting. I encourage you all to purchase The Forever Letter. And I'd like to thank you for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to PaulaJoyce.com, like us on Facebook, um, read my latest blog, and sign up for my workshop. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, the archangels and angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work with me and directly with my clients. And now I'm going to introduce you to Archangel Gabriel, who works with me and my clients and wants to help you too. He's the messenger Archangel. He carries the trumpet of truth and will help you write your forever letter and engage in other creative projects. Use your own words or say something like, Archangel Gabriel, I give you permission in a positive way only to write what is on my heart and mind. Pay attention to signs, synchronicity, and new ideas helping you to express your truth. This is a process, not an event. Trust that he is helping you express your creativity and share your inner truth because he is. Be sure to send me your questions and comments. And if you live in Dallas, I invite you to 
experience my meetup. Please join us next Thursday here with Anisha Keel on Discovering the Healer Within and on November 16 with Dr. Daniel Four on Navigating Difficult Family Dynamics with Your Ancestors' Help. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. All is loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a positive week.